This is the Game Level Learn podcast. Join us as we discuss games, gaming, and gamification in the context of teaching and learning. We discuss games new and old and unpack how those games might be used out of the box as a tool for game-based learning, while also discussing how the mechanics of games can be repurposed for entirely different learning objectives. If you're a teacher or a student, parent, administrator, game designer, game publisher, writer, or just someone interested in cutting-edge education, Game Level Learn is for you. Welcome to Episode 7 of Season 2 of Game Level Learn. I'm Tracy Wozenegger, and I am joined by... John Cassie. Hi, Tracy. Hi, John. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. You know, I always look forward to our time together when we get to record. I do, too. We have so much fun talking about games, and, you know, obviously, everyone listening, we chat about all kinds of random stuff before we start recording. We have a great time. Indeed, yeah. We are we are starting to record uh, now, and I'm 32 minutes into my recording track. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, the inevitable, well, we've already done a whole episode in the pre-show, so what are we going to talk about right. now? Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's always good. I, you know, I, I think that uh, if we actually get into the episode, you know, before an hour has passed of pre-show, Shenanigans. Right, right, right. Right? I call it a big win. So That's right. We're super efficient. We sure are. Yeah. Yeah. So Tracy, what's on the agenda for today? We're we're coming we're coming towards the end of season two, and we've got some some big stuff that we're gonna do in this episode, and then uh, in two weeks uh, on the last episode of the season. So what's on the agenda for right. today? So on the agenda for today are role-playing board games. Mm-hmm. So n- not full role-playing games, but board games that are meant to mimic or scale down role-playing games. Right. Now, now, Tracy, when, when you and I had, when we were talking in the pre-show, uh, you, you talked about a couple of the games that you've tried in this genre, because there's dozens and dozens and dozens of choices that you might make. And one of the right. things that I thought was interesting was that this is going to mark the first time where you and I come into this conversation really from, from pretty different perspectives, that I like these kind of games a lot. I like how, how kind of deep they are, how rich they are. I like role-playing games conceptually. I know you do too. But yes. you didn't... You didn't vibe so much with some of these games that you played or this, you know, you you take the role-playing concept, you put it in a box, you try to make it more accessible, less complicated, however you want to put it. And at the end of the day, that didn't that didn't resonate for you. Talk talk, no, talk that, about that. That doesn't click so so well for me. Um yeah. a while ago I tried um The Legend of Drizzt. That's a D&D um role-playing board game. Yeah, it's cooperative. Um, and I it's cooperative, yeah. yes. Um, and more recently, I've played on a number of occasions, I think four times now, um, and I've played through multiple scenarios of the Pathfinder um, card game. The uh, sort of Pathfinder is, adventure card game. You've got a character in a deck, and you're... Right, you're, right, and you go on quests, and you have a, right. a specific um, goal. And um, I'll play the Pathfinder game. You know, it's fun. You're getting together with your friends. It's cooperative as well. Right. Um, so I have I have fun. It would be a lie to say that I'm not having fun. But I think most of that of that fun is because I'm with my friends. Um, the game itself, I don't think is is really doing it for me. Mm-hmm. It seems a bit sloggy mm-hmm. to me. 
Um, and maybe it's because I do like RPGs so much that I feel quite bound by the game, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. by the decisions I'm able to make and the things I'm able to do in the game. Right. There's, there's a design uh, kind of philosophy intentionally baked into these games. Okay. And I think that maybe what what I'm hearing is that that's not that that that's not what you're resonating with, right? That that we talked in the pre-show about how I think at least these games are designed to take big tabletop role-playing games, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, you know, uh, uh, Pathfinder, Rollmaster, Traveler, GURPS. You could count. You could do a million of them, right? which have these 600-page rule books and they're all expansive and they're very, very right. hard to, to get into unless you've played a bunch of them previously. And it's even, it's even, it's no less intimidating and in some respects more to have role-playing games in a video game environment. You think Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition is hard, try to play World of Warcraft. Try to play. Right. Try to play Dungeons and Dragons online, right? I mean, they're just right. so bewilderingly difficult. All right, so take what makes those games great and boil it down to the essence and put that essence in a little box. Okay, except if right. you really know how to play role-playing games and you really have a lot of experience with video games, in which case you're going to play these games and say, "Why am I being railroaded so much?" Right. Why is my sandbox so tiny now? Exactly. I'm. St I, yeah. I'm not even playing in a sandbox. I'm standing in it. It's as. I mean, you right. know, I I could step over the whole sandbox in one leap. Right. right. And I don't. And and you know, I'm not vibing with that. Right. Yeah. Now that being said, I think the the possibilities for gamification, the mechanics in a lot of these games lend themselves perfectly to gamification because the sandbox is so smaller. Correct. When I, when I think about gamifying something like really, really gamifying a unit or something like that in, in a class, the sandbox becomes overwhelming. Where do right. I start? What do I do? Right. These games give us a model for sort of exactly what to do. Precisely. Here's how you, here's how you could design it. Right. Swap these out for your lesson objectives. Swap these mm -hmm. um, quests out for your classroom quests. Right. Use these use these cards as examples for what a character might look like. Right. Uh, use these uh, dungeon tiles to represent the map that your players are are traversing as they're doing their uh, as they're doing their learning. Because all, right. a, all a character in a role-playing game is doing from level one to level ten is learning. Right. It's just, what are you having them learn? The game wants them to learn certain things. You want them to learn different kinds of things. So you just have to structure the experience so that the characters are doing what you care about. You, you, you know, rather than what a swords and sorcery author would care about or... Right. Right. Um, right. And, you know, I'm going to shamelessly plug my book here because I think that this actually connects. Uh, in 2016, ASCD published my book, Level Up Your Classroom, The Quest to uh, uh, Gamify Your Lessons and Engage Your Students. The entire last chapter of the book is essentially a multi-lesson scaffolding of how you would do this very thing 
in in this in this case I wrote about an English class, but you could have written about anything. How do you generate appropriate characters? How do you generate meaningful lessons that would be within an English kind of context? Very easy to swap out subject for subject. Um, but you have a lot of work to do when you're doing this kind of work. Certainly. As opposed to, say, building from building a lesson off of Spyfall. Right. Building a lesson off of Seven Wonders. Fairly straightforward. Not easy, but fairly straightforward, particularly compared to this. Right. Yeah. So let's talk. Should we talk about some of the mechanics in these games that yeah. might be? So we mentioned like character cards and quests. Maybe we should talk about those little character cards and what they, what kind of information they give us. Yeah. When when you when you think about role playing games as seen in a in a board gaming kind of framework, what what are the couple of things that are coming to your mind as? All right. Well, you have to make sure that you include X. You know, what are the essential, you boil everything else away. What have you got the four or five things that you have to have and that a gamifying teacher would want to have in their, in their lesson design? Um, so for a character card, right. I want to have the um, stats or skills right. that, that character can use. Right. Um, and I think that's a really fun way in your classroom to think about what skills kids need to be successful mm-hmm. in a class, in a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the stats could be their like learning stats, maybe instead of, you know, usually it's like strength, wisdom, dexterity. Um, I don't care so much about strength and chemistry. Um, maybe a little dexterity for lab. Yeah. Um, but I do care about, right. <laughs> right. But I do care if, it, um, if a student, um, you know, is a strong reader, you know, has really high reading comprehension, or if they have a hard time with verbal instructions, those things are important to me um, to help to help the students learn better in class. Um, So I think having the kids build part of their own character cards about what their strengths and weaknesses are could be really useful. Right. Um, And then, you know, me filling in or the teacher filling in um, some skills that the kids can level up through the unit. Right. You can. You could imagine a character generated in a system that said, look, we're all good at a lot of things and not good at a lot of things. That's just right. the way it is. So what I want when you generate this character who's going to represent you in, in this gamified experience that we're going to take 10, 12 lessons to do. We're going to do a whole unit on this, okay? We're going to do a whole unit this way. I want you to tell me two things that you think you're really good at. One thing you're getting there, maybe you don't think you're all the way there, but you think, hey, look, I'm actually making good progress here. And then one thing where you're like, yeah, that isn't, that's not what I'm really good at, okay? Right. And then I'm going to want you to write a little story about this character. How did this character come to this place, Okay. And I'm going to want you to tell me also kind of what you're working on right now, okay? Because different characters, they don't explicitly say it, okay? But they're working on different things, okay? Uh, what, is, uh, what is Sam Gamgee working on? He's working on loyalty, and he's working on bravery, okay? What is Pippin working on? Not being a fool of a toque. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all in there, right? Yeah. Right? You know, what, what is, you know, what is Harry Potter working on? Uh, leadership. What is, what is Hermione Granger working on? Uh, friendship and relationships. I mean, she looks like a bookworm, but what's she really doing is she's trying to be herself in a way that lets her be in relation to other people. Right. right? And we know that from the moment we meet her on the train. Right. So, so you, I, I want her. some of that too, right? You know, give me a right. little bit of that because that's going to help me as your teacher provide a context for how I'm going to individualize the story to hit what you are trying to do or what you need. Right. Right. So then, so we have character cards or optionally you have character cards. Right. And then tell me some, Tell me something about how the quests are designed and designed in these games. Right, you have to think about every every one of these stories, every one of these games has the end condition in mind. You've defeated the vampire. You have uh, closed the portal to the to the nth plane. Uh, Lex Luthor is in jail, <laughs> you know, r- r- and and on and on and on. Right. So you have to know what the end is. How does the how do the players as a team win? Right. Okay. Start there and then work backwards, de-evolving the complexity of your lessons down to the most granular pieces. And those granular pieces that form the foundation are level one. And you need to make the characters and the players, the students really clear about what level one looks like. Okay, how do I do it? What does it mean? Uh, what are the different pieces? Do I have to have all of them? Can I, can I get three of the four and then proceed along one pathway? Right, all those things you have to think through, okay? But basically, you want to think about quest design, level design as... Lots of experiences that are rather broad, that point almost like a cone towards an attempt to solve what in game language would be called a boss. Right. Boss fight. A boss fight. Okay. That's uh, Harry versus Voldemort. Right. That's Gandalf versus the Balrog. Okay. Or later, Frodo in Mordor. Frodo in Mordor, right. And his boss fight is a kind of internal one. Right. Right, against the ring, right? right. Um, because the, the, the ultimate throwdown with Gollum, that only really matters after Frodo lost the boss right. fight, right? Um, so you've got to think about what... A, and a boss fight asks the player, asks the gamer to productively integrate all of the things they've learned up till now in order to defeat the boss. You can't defeat the boss in mono. You can only defeat the boss in stereo. You got to have two or three things going on. Right. Right. And generally in these games, you cannot, you cannot defeat the boss alone. Yes. 
That's true. So you've so got that, a party. You know, right. Right. You have a party of, of individuals that all bring something slightly different to the table and contribute together to destroy the big bad. Right. And this is how you can help your students learn how to more productively collaborate and work together because different characters who have different kinds of strengths work well together or would work well with, you know, with there are different kinds of pairs and combinations that these games would teach you how to make. And you want to combine them in such a way that all the things you need to do, you've got someone or ideally multiple players who can do these things. I think about the game right. Descent, which is a classic dungeon crawler uh, in which you have characters who can do great things at uh, face-to-face range, melee range, or who right. can do great things at range, you know, they have bows and arrows or whatever, or who have magic powers or healing powers. You, you want people who can do melee things and range things and magic things. And healy things. Right. Uh, so if you've got players who can do, if you've got a group that can do all of those things, you're more likely to succeed. Right. Right. So the game is also helping you to think about what does a really effective group look like? And that's a good thing for young people to learn because we do a lot of group work in, in professional life. Certainly. And it can sometimes be harder than it would seem to realize, oh, in, in these kind of groups... I do best when I take on this kind of role. So I see the kind of group I'm in, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put myself into this group in this way. But in a different kind of group, I might adopt a slightly different role or a slightly different role, right? Right. So for, for me, the early quests are about learning the straightforward things. The and, skill practice. Right. The, yeah. Right. The The... The, the pieces of essential content. Right. The essential skills practice. And then as you start to integrate those pieces together, as you move from level one to two to three to four to five, it gets, it gets harder on the learner, but hopefully in a way that is just at or just above their, their flow so that they stay, right. they stay they stay engaged because it is interestingly hard and not too hard. Right. It's just hard enough. And that's hard to do. And, and it's particularly hard to do in a classroom with a lot of kids in it. Right. So, right. you know, you, you think about this, this lesson design and if you put kids together in groups, a typical, in a sort of typical board game scenario, you're looking at four players or five. Right. In a typical video game setting, you're looking at groups of five or maybe even ten. Now, I think a group of ten is too big for a classroom context. But, let you know, if you went with a group Agreed. of five or six, you know, if you have 24 kids in your classroom, well, that's four groups of six. If you're thoughtful about the way you build a jigsaw and the way you give challenges, you could have all of those groups at work with you managing them. Right. And it would be, I mean, it's hard, but it's, not, un, it's not undoable. 
No. Right. And I think this presents a nice opportunity for some differentiation, too. Mm-hmm. You know, especially mm-hmm. in a class that has multiple levels of students. Um, you know, the I'm thinking about the Pathfinder adventure card game where the quests are presented as decks of cards. Yes. But groups, different groups could have slightly different decks of cards. You know, one group could have quests that have a bit more scaffolding in them, a bit more mm-hmm. direct instruction, right? They still get to the same end point as the other group, but they're given a bit more direct instruction about how to get there than maybe another group who already has some of the base content and skills. Right, right. Uh, easy enough to imagine how you would turn the same content that you have placed at a certain level up a little bit for right. students who need that kind of, you know, kind of challenge or enrichment. Right. Not right. at all difficult to imagine that. So you've got avatars and you've got quests. You've got leveling. As characters achieve quests, they earn experience points. The experience points give them access to new to new levels of power, right. more hit points, you know, right. better quote unquote gear. All of all of which, which brings thi- me to yes. loot. <laughs> Go. Loot. I think there, there should be loot in Tracy there. Tracy loves more than loot. It's true. So you mentioned gear. <laughs> I think it's appropriate to put in right at the end of a quest the end of a couple of quests you find a treasure chest totally right you get a new piece of equipment that helps you for the second quest or you know gives you gives someone in your group a couple of extra hit points or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. um it just spices things up right everyone loves treasure right everyone likes the surprise of treasure right right and if you had a little wheel of fortune or if you had a giant treasure box that students could reach into and pull things right, out. Right, pull something out. Yep. Right. Um, sometimes the loot is not so great in, 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 in the, the way that sort of uh, video gamers would talk about it. You know, this kind of loot is common or it's gray. Right. 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 Okay. Well, in, in most of these games, it's sort of gray... Green is uncommon, blue is rare, purple, ultra rare, orange or yellow, legendarily rare, you know. And so you, <laughs> you could imagine a, 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 uh, a bag with a thousand chips in it. Right. Right. One chip is orange. Right. Right. And six of them are purple or something like that, right? Most of the stuff you're going to get is common, uncommon, or, or rare. Right. And for me, when I think about how do you design a loot table in a classroom learning setting, well, what, is a student, what, what would help a student get better at the next thing they're doing? Right. Because that's all loot is in game. Right. It's either a little money that you can use to go buy something or it's, as you said, a better piece of weaponry, a better piece of armor. Right. Right. What, so what it, does that translate to in a science class, a math class? Right. Maybe it translates into a special piece of equipment Right. in your chemistry lab. Or maybe it translates right. into the use of an online source in a, 
in a history classroom, or maybe it translates into uh, 20 extra seconds of using a calculator. Right. In, you know, in a, in a math class or, you know, maybe it lets you substitute one kind of solution on a quest with a solution you like better. Right. Right. Some, something like that. Right. But as it, long as they all funnel towards the learning and the right. learning objectives, I think it's fine. Exactly. Yeah. You, 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 you should care about the learning objective and the fun stuff is the fun stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, so these, I think are, are coming up on the most essential things, aren't they? You have to have a character. The character has to have some kind of a backstory. They have to have skills. They have to have, uh, statistics. They have to have something that they come into the story with. Right. Right. There has to be. And I think that could depend on what subject you teach, what class, what your. Oh, totally. Unit is focused on. Yeah. In a, in a science class, you might only want a one or two sentence sketch of the character's background. In an right. English class, the writing of the character's background uh, might be the the first level. Right. Right. Yeah. You gotta tell. You gotta. You gotta tie it to what your what your goals are. Right. You gotta have a boss fight. You have to defeat sure the boss to win. Okay. As. Uh, uh, as James Paul Gee, who's a, uh, a, a writer on literacy and the use of games, says about bosses as learning constructs, the boss is in no hurry. He's perfectly happy to wait until I can beat him. That's right. Okay. And so that's what you have to be as well as the teacher. You have to get out of that... Uh, 19th century, I don't even know why we ever thought this was a good idea. Test once, you got a D, move on. No, you right. want people to be able to do things. You want them to be able to understand. Why bother doing it if you don't want someone to understand it? The number of times in my MMO that I've gone into a new quest and died horribly and quickly are too numerous for me to count. Uncountable. But those same quests are, you know, I've played again and, mm-hmm. you know, it's fun. It's so fun to go in and figure out the strategy. How are we going to do this? What are you going right. to do? What am I going to do? Right. right. Yeah. They, they, there are That's few, the fun. Totally. There are a few things and I, I, I will defend this point until, until doomsday. There are a few Things in modern life that are better training grounds for the building of grit and resilience than games of this type. Agree. If you think about grit as that inherent quality of determination, you need some of that when you're facing a long journey. Okay. Right. And, and a, an academic course is a long journey. A person with grit bears up under the inevitable reversals. Resilience is, I just had a reversal. What do I do now? Right. 
how am I going to make this reversal work for me? <coughs> and and it, you know, if you have any experience playing these games, the way that it should work is, all right, we were just defeated. Let's step back. Here are seven or eight things that maybe we can tinker with and maybe one of these will correct what just happened. Right. What do we think we want to do? Talkity talkity. Let's try this one here to fix the fourth thing we identified. Run it again. Yep. Let's see what happens now. Yep. Beep, beep, beep. Success. Burp, burp. Failure. Okay. You know, it's, and you see this everywhere in 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 television in movies you know genre television in particular this is the kobayashi maru at the beginning of star trek you know to uh, to you know you got to have this test of of kind of leadership and you know you're 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 going to have the sort of no win scenario you're going to have to face it and you're going to have to reflect on it F- figure out what it what it means you know and right. and and on and on it's just part of the sort of you know Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. You know you 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 get you always get reversed. What are you going to do then? You just suffered a big reversal. How are you gonna how are you gonna overcome it? Now, what are some things that maybe should be part of this, Tracy? That maybe wouldn't be part of every game, but that maybe are part of some. So. My biggest takeaway from playing the Pathfinder Adventure card game yep. is that to win, we cannot do everything. Oh, okay. So we cannot follow every dungeon to its very end. We cannot get every piece of treasure, right. fight every guy. We can't. You can't. Um, the clock's ticking. Game. The clock is ticking. And... This is very hard for some of the people I play with. Um, I, my term for these people is completionists. They yeah. must smash every barrel in the quest. They must loot every piece of treasure, examine every piece of evidence. You cannot be a completionist in this game. Um, and I think that's an important lesson for some kids. Do what you need to do to accomplish your goal that may not be the same thing as the student next to me is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Boy, that's a meaningful life lesson. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I think, and there's a lot of choice in the Pathfinder adventure card game. Um, so I can go to one location and explore a bit and do some, do some stuff and then I can move to a different location and explore some stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think having um, for certain classes, having some player choice can be really valuable. And I think if you build your quests in the right way, there could be multiple quests that achieve the same goal, but students won't have to, you know, you could have three quests that achieve the same goal and the student could only do one of them. A student could choose to do two, and a student could choose to do three if they need extra practice. But maybe some of the kids only need to do one. Right. Or maybe I need to do one over here, but three over here. Mm -hmm. Because this thing over here is so hard for me 
right? And I'm really struggling. But over here, oh, that was fine. That was fine. I'm just going to do that one, and I'm great. Right. That really thoughtful learning design will provide those right. kind of quests at the right level of abundance, if you will. Right. And and also be prepared to provide additional challenge to, to students who maybe only need one. Right. You know? And I'm not sure I would start with that out of the gate. I think okay. if I was right. going to gamify a unit, I'd probably sort of, this is level one, this is level two, or this is quest one, this is quest uh, it, two. It, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But I think once you have all that content prepared, then you could start thinking about what other options could I give for quest one? Right. Yeah, you want to... What are other approaches to this same content or material that might resonate better with with a kid right. than what I've designed? Right, yeah. right. Uh, yeah, you, you want to get you want to get the game out there. You want to publish the beta, right. you know, if you will. Right. And then, since all curriculum is iterative... And you're never done. You're always reiterating. It doesn't matter if you feel like it's a beta. Everything you do is a beta. That's Every, the truth. Everything, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Gee whiz. <laughs> everything is going to be shaped by the way in which your students encounter it. Right. If you're a thoughtful teacher who cares about learning and who wants to teach kids as opposed to teaching content... Are you a teacher of kids or a teacher of chemistry? Right. And I think I'm a teacher of kids. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, Tracy. Yeah. But you, you know what I'm saying. I'm being a little, I'm being a little. No, uh, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's important to remind ourselves of that sometimes, though. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Am I a teacher of chemistry or am I a teacher of kids? Yeah. Yeah. And... And if you if you do your work, your curriculum design work thoughtfully, with the kids in mind, right? Then it's always a beta. So who cares if it's a beta now? Your lecture is right. a beta, even if you've given it six times. Yep. And as we know, these uh, gamified methods are going to reach some kids, and some are going to not vibe with them as well. But that's exactly the same as every other method you're going to pick. Yep. So don't do. Don't do only one thing all the time, but always try to be thinking about how do I push kids to grow when they don't want to? Everyone likes to be happy with the way they are. How do I push at the limit and get that really exciting growth that you see when you uniquely see kids going, oh, I think I get this. Right. Oh, I think I get it. Oh, yeah, that's what... That's what I'm going for. Yeah. Um, That's what we're all going for. Right. Now, in, in, in terms of sort of the, the mechanics of these games, they don't really matter. Uh, in terms of, oh, this one has cards. Uh, this one right. has uh, chips you pull out of a bag. This one doesn't have any cards at all. This one has a, an overlord who opposes you. This one doesn't. Oh, this one's set in a fantasy world. This one's set in a haunted house. None of these things matter. Doesn't matter. Okay. So you could pick, you played Pathfinder. Yeah, adventure and I'm also, game. so yeah. Pathfinder Adventure Card Game, which if you're interested in this type of game, I would recommend. It's fairly easy to play. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that as someone who p plays actual Pathfinder, the role-playing mm -hmm, game. Mm -hmm. So it, it may seem easier to me because <clears throat> I'm used to a lot of the terminology. As we've been talking, I'm wondering 
Where do we classify time stories? I was going to raise time stories. Because I think time stories is, if we're considering it like an RPG board game. Yes. I think it's probably one of the most approachable and fun. I totally agree. And it's an example of how you do this with there being only really a group identity. In other words, all that sort of individual character stuff I was talking about. Now, you would maybe do time stories as as a model for group lesson design. There's individual characters in time stories, though. Totally. But are they differentiated? Yes. How so? They have different skills. Oh, oh, you know what? I wasn't thinking about the vessels. Yes, I yeah. meant the vessels. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. No, you're completely right. I was Okay, I, let's explain time stories yeah, go, really fast, go. though. So time stories is a board game that has different scenarios. You play each scenario only, well, after you beat it, you don't play it again. Um, you may play the scenario two, three, four, five times right in order to beat it um so you are a time traveler and you move through time you have a a different objective for each scenario and you are placed into a vessel a person that was there um, at the time of the incident and you have some sort of goal to accomplish um i'm not going to say what because it would give away Mm -hmm. um the time stories um but basically you have a certain amount of time in which to explore various locations, find clues, solve puzzles, defeat monsters, and then get to the big bad, um, and then defeat the big bad to win the game. The nice thing about it is, on your first run, you you don't succeed. Uh, We never have, anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, We've played three scenarios, and we've never done anything really great on our first run. at the end of the first run, you read a mission failed card that basically starts you over from the beginning. And you might not get to keep all of the stuff you've obtained, but you get to keep all of the knowledge that you've obtained so that every run in the future goes a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But the different vessels have different <clears throat> attributes. Um, you know, the one we just played was kind of a fantasy one. And, you know, someone was a thief and someone was a, a mage that cast spells. So they huh. definitely had different powers. Um, and after our second run, there was much debate about which four we should be. Interesting. So we were, like, strategizing about which skills we wanted to take with us to the end. Which adventure was that? Prophecy of Dragons. Ah, I haven't gotten to that one yet. We did so well in our second run, and then... Yeah. (laughs) Um, I I totally agree with Tracy that Time Stories is one of the great system inventions of the last five years. I mean, all the awards. It's won a boatload of awards. It's very highly ranked on board GameGeek. It deserves all of that. It is hard, but it is rewarding. Yes. and And it's super fun. Uh, the 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 adventure in the box is tricky and fiddly, but fun. But fun, and uh, we did the Marcy case in two runs. I don't remember how many ours was. Yeah, we've done the original Marcy case and Prophecy of Dragons. Yeah, yeah, we haven't done Prophecy yet. Can't wait to play it though. 
It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, that t- is the one. I mean, if since we're talking about RPGs and dungeon crawlers, that's the most dungeon crawlery one. Yeah, I, I completely agree. The and it's so beautiful, the way that the cards set up yeah. as a tableau to tell the story. Yeah, that's a nice yeah. piece of work. And uh, and rules wise, not too not too hard. No, not too fiddly. And there's a lot you could do with that. Particularly if you had, you know, like a partner who was really art- artistic or whatever, someone, right, right, someone right. To, to do some of the artwork that makes that game's, uh, you know, decks. You could, you could yeah. probably imagine, and I, I, I bet you and I could, could do such a thing to create learning games in the Time Story engine. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't have to think all that hard to think what that might look like. Time stories is very, I would say, very non-linear, though. Totally. You know, like, John will sit down with his friends and play it, and I will sit down with my friends and play it, and when we discuss how the game went, he'll talk about things that I never saw And and in the game. And you'll have done things that no one in my group would ever have thought to do. Right. And both of us won. Right. And both of us had a great time. Even though right. the way in which you experienced the game and the way I experienced it was radically right. different. Yeah. I think that's a dynamite recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I think modeling a, a unit after it would be like gamification level 303. Yeah. That's super hard. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so nonlinear. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Now, friends, if if you wanted to gamify a lesson using the Time Stories engine. Just email us. We're, we're glad. Yeah. We're, we will gladly consult with you on that. Because that's, that's a hard one. I, you know, I'm thinking about how would that look? And already my mind is going like a mile a minute, like, whoa, that's hard, you know? Yeah. But in a good way. I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to use the Pathfinder Adventure Card game for my Algebra 1 class. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking after the winter break. <laughs> Some Algebra One kids are getting a gamified unit. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I um, yeah. I I looked at. Uh, I've I've spent a lot of time looking at a game called Legends of Andor, which is sort of like okay. a dungeon crawler, but it's it's in the wilderness. It's outdoors. Okay. And I just love the way that it's uh, that the story unpacks as you you know the story is doing its own thing and you're doing your own thing. And you're trying to accomplish your goals before the story completes in a negative way. Right. And it's got all sorts of environmental effects and cool things that are happening. And I just think it's a cool looking game. Right. So when I when I play that, I've really wanted to play um, Mice and Mystics. I've not tried that yet. Yeah. People who I know who have played it just adore it. And it's sort of based a bit on, uh, you know, these anthropomorphic kind of games like uh, or concepts like Watership Down or, uh, you know, um, Mouse Guard, the comic book Mouse Guard, which is Dynamite, you know, uh, Red Wall, you know, that kind of stuff, all of which is really great. Um, Tracy, we're coming to the end of this episode. And I'm wondering if you've got some some ways in which you want to prefigure next week's episode where we're going to talk a little bit about some game systems that we want 
folks to to look into because we're coming to the end of season two and uh, and maybe a, a little bit of a preview of some of the questions we're going to look at in season three. In other words, why did we pick this topic to do this episode? We picked this topic because as you're going to find out in two weeks, that's when the next one will come out. Yep, two weeks. Two weeks. So the end of season two um, is really going to be season three, episode zero. Right. Um, and season three is going to focus on role-playing games. Yep. Why they're awesome and how we can use them for educational purposes. Right. So our, um, in two weeks, we're going to do a little bit of preview of that. Um, some different games to try or to to look into and we're going to give you some homework the first ever game level learn podcast homework and we're looking forward to seeing the outcome of your work that's right at at that point um i'll just make a final point that if you use an ipad or you use uh, you know any of these kind of devices there are games that work like this that you can get on an ipad i mean i've played pathfinder adventure card game on on my iPad, and it works. It works, you know, basically the same way that the card game does. Okay. Um, so that's something to think about if you don't want to get into that level of investment. But some of the one of my homework pieces for next week is going to speak to this. So, so we'll have a I'm chance also, to go there. Can I recommend one more game? Please. Um, and I recommend this um, because it's affordable, easy to play. And you can play by yourself, the Arkham Horror card game. Mm-hmm. It's RPG board game light. Um, you can play with one or two players, more if you have multiple copies or an expansion. Um, but if you find yourself without a local gaming group or haven't discovered your local gaming group yet and you'd like to try one, um, Arkham Horror, the card game, not to be confused with Arkham Horror, not to be confused um, with Arkham Horror. Not to be confused. <laughs> um, so the card game, it's about 25 bucks. I bet you can find it for cheaper than that um, during sale seasons. Um, highly recommend. Indeed. Uh, it's going to be one of my homework assignments. I'm going to prefigure it. So... Uh, I'm going to talk about... I, I will talk about Arkham Horror, the card game, in the next episode. Sorry. It's all good. Uh, that game is so good. It's so good. I played it with a complete non-gamer this summer, and they had a great time. And um, it is, if you're not familiar with Arkham, it is Lovecraftian-themed, so it is a horror game. Yep. Um, a scary game, um, but quite fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to talk about that, uh, you know, at... Okay, at, uh, we'll save it for next we'll time. We'll save it for next time. Uh, friends, as we come to the end of Season 2, I just want to thank all of you, not to the end of Season 2, but to the end of this episode, as we move on to the <laughs> second-to-last uh, second episode. Uh, thank you all for the for the comments and the feedback and, the, you know, the emails Uh asking good questions and and we hope we keep that up on our facebook group game level learn on facebook uh gamelevellearn.com i am at john cassie at gmail tracy is tl wasenegger at gmail and we look forward to hearing from you and talking more about games gamification teaching and learning and we'll see you in a couple of weeks 
with some thoughts on season three. See you then, Trace. Hooray! Yay. Bye. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>